Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So when I got home, I just nothing, I just was too tired to do too much, but also, I don't know, I just felt like God was, he kind of leads you, you know? So next thing I know, I'm, I'm on some, uh, I think Roku or something, and the movie that came up was The Temptation of Christ. And so I went to look at it, and right away, I didn't watch it. I didn't feel good about it, like the movie. I just thought, somebody's making stuff up here. So, so I didn't go there with that. And so what I did is I just said, said, let me go see what the Bible says about him being tempted. Because we all pretty much know where the Holy Spirit came on him, you know, and he was baptized by um, John, which is amazing. I, I Stop and think a minute. God himself came in flesh and let this human being, John the Baptist, um, yeah, John the Baptist, take and dunk him in the water, though he was sinless. And he went down then, representing, I've come to set them all free from sin. Think about that a minute. Think about, here, think about the humility of Jesus. Think about the humility of Jesus. He's God, you guys. He created everything. He knew everything about everything. And he is doing it the way the Father wants to prophetically declare what God is up to in this. Your life is a prophetic message. You don't realize that. Everything about your life is revealing either something about God or something about the enemy. There's like a battle going on for every single person and every single area of your life, for every single minute of your life, of are you going to be a prophetic message that God can declare or are you going to be a prophetic message that the enemy can declare? And so here's Jesus in his whole 33 years on earth as a human revealing what God wants us to do and doing the will of the Father and showing us what it's to look like when we are led by God. Now, if you really stop and think about Jesus, he went to the party. You know, he went to the party and turned the um, water to wine was his first miracle. I mean, he was breaking. He, he just, he tore down the table in the church. He went into the church and, and he, if they're charging money for things and this and that, he's tearing it up. I mean, he just came and he showed us that the true church led by Holy Spirit is going to tear up the things of the world that try to take over. And yet he was kind to people. He, he went places. He, he rebuked people who were fake religious. And he, he's really amazing. I really encourage you to, to decide this year, you know, like ask Holy Spirit to take you through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John just to see Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you please make Jesus so real to me this year? Would you just make him real to me this year? And, and, and when you read it, it's not like how fast can I get through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's about taking the time to see Jesus. If it takes the whole year or five years to do this, it'll be so worth it. Show me Jesus. Just show me Jesus. I still, after years and years of doing this and seeing the Lord and reading the word and reading in all translations and all these different things, I still, a lot of times I'll say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I just want to see something about Jesus I've never seen before. I want you to show me something about him. Even in relationships, you think you know everybody about that, that person you're married to or your child. Now, there's things there that are still evolving, that God's still working on, that's still doing things they don't even understand yet. And so you don't want to become so familiar with each other and with your kids that you think you know everything all the time. And it's the same about God. We need to recognize he's going to keep 
He's not evolving. He is always the same. How amazing is that? And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So after he was baptized, his first walk out in public and reveal that the Son of God is on planet Earth. And so then we see him here afterwards. So right after that, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness. If I'm going into the wilderness, I want to be led by Holy Spirit, not pushed there by the devil. Okay? Because you're going to go there one way or the other. You're going to go through a place where you have to make decisions. You're going to go through a place where you're tempted. So if you keep your eyes on God and you want to do this God's way and you ask Holy Spirit to lead you. So wherever you're at, when you get up in the morning, I really encourage you, but mean it when you say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me today? If you're in a tough situation at work, at school, if you're being picked on, bullied, whatever, wherever you're at, Lord, lead me today. Don't leave him out. Don't leave him out of your problems. Don't leave him out of the rough things you're facing. Don't ever leave him out. What an awesome, powerful truth that Jesus Christ died to set us free from Satan leading us and that he went to the right hand of the Father, ever interceding and praying that we will all catch on to who Holy Spirit is and be led by him. Because only those who are sons and daughters of God, one of the things is they are led by the Holy Spirit. When I'm led by the Holy Spirit, I always say yes to God, even when my flesh says no, even when I don't feel like doing that. You can actually mature to a place where you just happen to be doing what God wants all the time, and you, you almost say, like, wow, that's so cool, that's so cool. I didn't know we were going to do that. But it starts out, and then some days it's like, Lord, lead me today. Don't wait before you go to bed to say what a horrible day you had and, you know, God, where were you? He, he lives in you if you're born again. I believe everybody in here is born again. You need to ask him to, to, ta to lead you. You need to start talking to him when you get up and talk to him all day long. Just lead me. So here, Holy Spirit. Now, how many know if the Holy Spirit's going to lead Jesus into the wilderness? And we all know there's a wilderness because you can study it through Scripture if you go through the wilderness and you connect to Jesus Christ the way you're supposed to, you'll come out leaning on him. You'll come out of your trials closer to God. You'll come out of your trials needing God, recognizing that, being close to God, wanting God, only needing God. You'll, you'll learn when you're in a place of temptation or you're in a place where it's super dangerous that you can ask God for grace. Grace is his supernatural empowerment to bring you into everything he has for you to perform his promises in your life. The one thing you just need to, instead of yelling help, which is good, but when, instead, when I want to yell help God, I yell grace, God. Give me grace. Help me. Give me grace. I need the supernatural to inter, intervene in my life right now, in this situation, in this temptation, in this thing the enemy's up to. Give me your grace. Give me your grace to get through this. Give me your grace to handle this right. So here's Jesus, the Holy Spirit leading him into the wilderness now this one says in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing let me see what the king james says the literal is king james 3 then jesus was led up into the wilderness by the spirit to be tempted by the devil let me go back to the passion in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing okay you will be tested. You're supposed to be able to count it all joy. If you're not counting it joy, it's because you're not leaning on Jesus. You're not getting closer to God. You're not learning his ways. The devil is beating you up in the wilderness. And you're in your flesh trying to do what was never intended. Can I just let everybody know? You will never win against the enemy because he is um, supernatural and he's demonic. You'll never win against him but with your flesh. That's why Jesus had to come and die to redeem you from the darkness. Everybody, I don't care. You could have been a good person even back then, but you were still bound to darkness until Jesus Christ came and took away that authority from Satan. So now we walk in a different authority. Even if you're a brand new believer, even if you're, you know, wishy-washy about everything, but Jesus, lives, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you are in the kingdom. 
You have God in you. Wow. Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? So sometimes if we're going through testing, everybody goes through testing. Can I just say the whole end days looks like a lot of testing going on? <laughs> it's the greatest test of all mankind. The greatest experience of all mankind corporately is to see who is going to get through the last days without denying Christ. Who is going to learn to lean on Christ so much that they will not fall into the lies and the deception of the world? In 2020, everybody can mark their calendars, began something that, as far as I know, has never been in history, where worldwide the same mess hit at one time at the hands of the enemy. And worldwide, you begin to see a globalist situation happening, trying to give authority to globalist leaders, which is talked about in the end times. Okay? So no matter what you think about end times, you need to know this now. We are, we are in a different season since 2020, everyone. We are not going back to 2019. Okay, we're not going back. We are in a new season that is set up by God in his word. And Jesus calls it uh, the days of um, where there's like labor pains. And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and tougher and tougher. But the reason women go through all that mess is because there's a promise at the end of it of this wonderful, sweet little life, even though the enemy has messed that up in people's thinking. And the, the most precious, awesome gift God could ever give us outside of relationship with him is this whole thing that we can, you know, have a family. And so you go through it. Well, I want everybody to get the vision of why you're going through wilderness, why the whole world's going to go through wilderness. It's to get to the vision of Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's doing away with the enemy. And there's a whole new entire 1,000 years that he's already got some people beginning to see. But those who are going to be a part of that are going to go through, you know, such great tribulation. It's almost like everybody's in the wilderness all together being tempted by Satan all at the same time. And so we need to know how do we get through those things? How, how do we do this? So let's see how Jesus did it. I want you to realize God is revealing to you your own strength against the accuser. So when you find yourself in a trial or wilderness, who, who are you looking at? Look at you. How do I handle this? Am I able to handle this? Am I free? How real is my relationship with God? How much do I really believe his word? See, these where Jesus was being tested, now he's God in flesh, but he's totally not operating as, he's operating as the son of man. Not, he's operating as the son of man to be led by the Holy Spirit. He's not operating as God. And you'll see in this test, part of the test was for him to leave what he was called to do. Because he could have blown this thing off any time. Like, forget it, they're not worth it. And don't anybody think he can't wipe things out? Go look at Noah. He wiped out everybody but one family. And all the animals, I guess the fish were okay. But, I mean, it's, it's basically there. So when people say, well, God can't do that. Oh, yes, he can. He hates sin that much. He hates perversion. He hates that people would choose Satan to be their father instead of him. So it says, after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. I encourage you, and I'm just going to tell some of you that some of you need to fast. If you have hit a place where you are just not getting victory, you're not getting breakthrough, you need to take the time off, maybe the week of Christmas, and you need to fast. And, and you don't fast to diet. You fast to quit giving into the flesh and everything of the flesh to have a breakthrough with God. I also highly recommend, and the only way to get free from demonic spirits or doors you've opened is to fast them. So what does that mean? That means if you can't keep your eyes off of social media and you know it's become a problem, then you fast social media. Fasting means to not give into. 
if you want to get free from pornography issues or anything else that holds you in bondage, you have to fast it. And the people who should be here, hopefully they're watching if they're not here. Fasting is a fight against the flesh. Okay, fasting is a fight against the flesh. And you have to know how to fight. And Jesus is going to show us how to fight the enemy in a second. But some people need to hear this. See, we have this really weird idea from itchy ear preaching that you get saved and then everything's great and you don't have to fight the enemy. Where God says you have to fight the good fight. He calls it a good fight because he knows he's already won it. He calls it a good fight. It's only a good fight if Holy Spirit's in you and you yield to him because he knows how to win, to, win the fight every time, no matter how horrible the situation. We've all walked through that with Caleb and Talia this year to see how true that is, right? So we're going to see that. We're going to go there. And, and really listen to this. Some of you, a few of you are really struggling with a straight out demonic stuff hitting you. And I know some people watching are. Okay. Get past the idea that if you kept giving in to sin, giving in to sin after you've heard the gospel, after you said Jesus Christ is Lord, and yet you still go and do things that you know you would not be doing if you were in heaven. And if you keep doing them, you won't get to heaven. To get rid of those things, no matter how old you are, you have to fast them. You can't just come up to a prayer line and think somebody's going to take care of your problem. Okay. First, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So you have to know the truth. You have to hear God's word. You have to know why, what does Jesus say about this? How can I get free from this? Okay, you have to know the truth. It's not just prayer lines, fall out, shake, rattle, and roll, and you're okay. Because if everybody lined up, most of you would fall down, some would shake, rattle, and roll, and some of you would still get up bound. And, and I, you could put on a really cool YouTube thing if you want to exploit the power of God and maybe not even be the power of God. But what really counts is what is that person doing a year later? What's happening next month? What has really changed in their life? And then you don't go running to somebody to fight what you need to fast. If you need to fast, you need to fast. And I'm not talking, if you have an issue with hyper-spirituality, don't fast food and act all spiritual. Fast the demonic thing that has a hold on you. And I mean, grow up and do this. And I'm, I know I'm talking more to some people who should be here or on the other side of that camera. What does it mean to fast? It means if you have trouble with sleeping around, then you get everybody out of your life that you would be sleeping around with that you're not married to. Or you marry them. Don't die in your sin. Don't pretend for a minute that you love someone that you sleep with and you're not married to them. Because if you died in that sin, what's going to happen? I can't. I'm talking about alcoholism. I'm talking about drugs. I'm talking about any sin that you know is sin and you're participating in it. To fast it is to stay away from the temptation. And if you choose not to do that for quite a season, whether it's pornography, alcohol, wrong relationships, whatever, then don't act like such a baby when you got to fight a devil now that you let get really strong in you. Can I get an amen? Don't come run into the prayer line thinking this is going to solve it. No, no. You, and, and get serious with God here. You opened the door for this to get strong in you. You made a way for this to get strong in you. You've, I said, you fed it. You fed it. Now you got to starve it. You've got to starve it. Put your big boy pants and your big girl pants on and starve it. And don't act like you can't. And so you've got to not give in to the temptation. Now, Jesus was tempted by the enemy. And so let's see how he handled it. And remember, he hadn't sinned. 
He fasted for 40 days. He was extremely weak and famished. Now, in his fasting, it's not like I'm just not eating. His fasting was, he, did, he went away to where he couldn't get to food. He went away to where it was only him and God for 40 days. Wow. Now, he was physically weak, but he was extremely spiritual strong by then. He went and hung out with God for 40 days with nothing else, nobody bothering him. How many know if you look at this, after he gets back from this and he really starts his ministry, he can't even get away for a day. He tries to go up and hide to, to get away and people follow him. I mean, Jesus would get away from people in the middle of the night after preaching and ministering for hours and hours because he wanted to be with God so much. He made it a higher priority than even sleep. So when you really look at Jesus, you really see the way this works, and it doesn't work any other way. I know the attacks against him personally had to be much greater than anything any of us, thank God, have ever faced it. All right, after he got really strong in God by fasting the flesh and hanging out with God, the tempter came to entice him to provide food by doing a miracle. So the devil says to Jesus, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry. Just order these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. So here's Satan. And what does he see? He sees a physical, an actual real physical need that Jesus is having. Because now he knows that Jesus is in flesh. Okay, he knows that Jesus is in the flesh. And so he's going to tempt him with something his flesh wants that in and of itself isn't even bad, right? So what his temptation here is for him to use his supernatural, powerful, divine powers to change something that he could do. It wouldn't be a temptation if he couldn't do it. So if he would put, if he would go back to being God and not the son of man that he came for this purpose, he could, he could, he wouldn't even need the rocks to do it he could just make bread and you can see that go back to what he did in Moses days but Satan is purposely while he's hungry really hungry telling him look if you're the son of God so what's he doing he's making him question he, he's, he's making him try to prove who he is well if you're really a Christian well, if you really have freedom as a Christian, you can watch this. Or if you really love me, you could do this. If you really love me, then, then you would give me this. If you really, do you see, it's a, if you, it's, it's the enemy trying to make you be manipulated by trying to prove something that you don't have to prove. Can I tell you something? You have nothing to prove to the devil ever. You shouldn't be talking to him. You shouldn't be hearing him so well, some of you. So when the enemy comes at Jesus, he says, so if you're the son of God, turn these, and then aren't you hungry? Certainly the son of God would not sit there and be hungry. Let's see what was his response to the enemy question, making, trying to make him prove his identity. So for, for someone like me, well, if you're, if you're really a, a woman of God, then you've, you know, you've got to do this. Or if you do, now, you've got to learn that, and you can see this in Jesus' life, when somebody sincerely asked Jesus, and there was a hope of planting a seed there that would, would do something, when you see that, then you recognize that Jesus... Um, he responds. He talked to Pilate. He told Pilate who he was. He answered Pilate's questions. But with Herod, um, who just wanted to mock him and make fun of him and wanted him to snap his finger and do a miracle, that was kind of the same temptation Satan's doing, right? Jesus didn't say a word. So we've got to really learn. Is this person open? If somebody's not open to the truth, if somebody's not open to why God would call me as a woman to be a minister, I'm not going to argue with them. Don't come, you know, fine, do what you want. But if somebody's sincerely open and I can show them what Jesus showed me because I wasn't ever trying to be anything. 
But when he had the very first message ever, the most important message after the cross, and he told it to Mary, a woman, and they said, now go tell your brothers. And when he told the brothers and they didn't believe her, because of course God wouldn't tell a woman something, that Jesus walked through the wall and rebuked them. Jesus set women free, not, femi not feminists. They don't set us free. They put us in bondage. Jesus set us free to be led of the Holy Spirit, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like based on his word. So, so you have to learn to quit trying to prove. So somebody would say, I'll use some of your things without being direct. Oh, come on. You know you've done this a hundred times. You say you're not going to party anymore, but come on, you know you will. So let's just, here, look what I brought. They're, they're trying, I'm not staring at you, Ricardo. They're trying. <laughs> you probably already heard that before now. You're coming into the holiday season. So, so how do you handle that? First of all, you don't have to prove anything to them. You don't have to prove anything to them. Let's say you... You, everybody's like, oh, no, she might tell all her situations. Okay, I'll behave. You know what yours is. The only way to not give in to a temptation is to give in to Jesus Christ. Jesus fasted. Fasting wasn't about him not eating. Fasting was about him getting alone with God and letting nothing get in the way of that. And so for those of you who are in some bondage, I know people are watching. They should be here. The devil's tormenting me. Well, if you want to learn how not to be tormented, quit giving in to him and doing what he wants when he torments you. I get a little bit excited when I hear people who I know are playing around in sin and major playing around in sin, and all of a sudden they really give their life to the Lord for real, and now they're tormented. Yay! Because if Satan's not tormenting you, then it's not really still owns you. He's only going to come after you with torment when you actually really gave your life to Jesus Christ. Everything else was fake. Everything else was fake. So that's when you should, instead of trying to give in, first of all, make the determination, I got God in me now, and I'm going to win this. Whatever it takes. And get excited about it, because it's a good fight. Don't just run up to altar calls. Don't just run back here and there. Decide you're going to fight. And people around them fight too. Pray and believe and don't tempt them and do whatever you need to do. If you're not ready to fight yet for Jesus, then ask God for the grace for conviction to get a hold of you. All right. So the devil says, come on. Just turn these stones into loaves of bread. You're the son of God. You're hungry. Jesus answered, it is written. The scripture says, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which comes from the mouth of God. All right. Very, very, very big answer here to temptation. Know God's word. Okay, ready? Ready? So if you know you have a temptation, whether it's pornography, whether it's going too far on dates, whether it's drinking or drugs, whether it's cussing or getting angry, whatever it is, whether it's giving into manipulation and codependent relationships, the list can go on. Whatever it is, get the word of God memorized for that temptation get it memorized for that accusation so let's say not that I'm going to use anybody's in particular let's say because of a spirit of hypocrisy that hung over the generational curse of the family which we talked about breaking generational curses uh I think was that last Sunday I just I'm, I'm writing about it now and it's really good um really break off that generational curse. What does that mean? That means I'm not giving into the lies of it anymore. I, I studied generational curse more while I'm writing the book this week on it. 
And one of the big things that brings you back, that brought the curse, is they disobeyed God. What will keep you back under the curse is disobeying God. So it's very hard to live a victorious believer under the curse. So when you give in to temptation, you're back under the curse of the enemy. In other words, he's got power over you now. So I highly recommend spending time with God and getting strong in the word so you're not constantly back and forth all the time. And then you find the scriptures, not just one. It's funny how people find scriptures for healing, but they won't necessarily go and look up scriptures against temptation. And so, so it is written. So you need to find out what is written about your situation. For example, if you know that something really changed this time, you know it. You know this time something really changed. Then a good scripture would be, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Say that to crazy people. What's that mean? It means I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things such as doing drugs, such as drinking alcohol, such as sleeping around, such as going out partying all night. Those old things are gone because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Well, I got born again. You want me to share it with you? Not, oh, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not feeling it or, you know, I don't need. No, no. It's okay to use scripture because it's a sword. But what if they think you're crazy? Good. Good. They, they get tired of being around you. People who have no intention of doing anything but pulling you into evil do not like you using the word of God. So get your swords. Get ready. Have more than one. Or have one that you can say every time really good. You want it so fast that the minute the temptation comes, you speak what God says. First, you got to make that real commitment to God. I want to do this your way, God. I want to do this your way. I want to trust you. I want you in charge of this. Go get healing of the brokenhearted places. Whatever you need to do, there's lots of teaching at our mentorship page, like hundreds of hours you can find any topic about anything. And then get serious about the fight. Okay, get serious about the fight. Go to the scripture. There's a good one where he says, anyone practicing evil aren't saved. Convince, know yourself. I can't be practicing evil and say I'm a believer. I can't justify it. I can't play these games anymore. I can't be, I don't want to stand before the Lord and hear, away from me, you work of iniquity. That's sin. I don't know you. You don't want to be somebody, he blots your name out of the book of life. I know our culture doesn't take this serious, even the church culture. But, you know, I don't think I'd risk my salvation on maybe there's going to be a, a mercy after I die in sin that the Bible doesn't tell me about. I tell people, if you've got a child or somebody in sin, instead of hoping, uh, you know, then pray they don't die till they get right. And mean it. Do it with everything in you. Do it with all seriousness. Do it with spiritual warfare. Don't get too tired or too busy to do it. Don't do it in fear. Do it in faith. And then when they finally get their lives right, thank them that you don't have to keep spending so much time praying for their divine protection because you didn't want to go to a funeral not knowing if they were saved or not. The watered-down version of Scripture is not real. It's itchy ear, and it's not working. It's just a remnant of people who want God. But what an awesome privilege to walk with him and to know him and to hang out with him. And then you lose even wanting to be tempted, but the devil still tries. I don't want, I want to get rid of the thinking that somebody's going to fight this for you. At the same time, people will come and help you, but you've got to do it. The devil is never going to be convinced he's lost until you make him bow his knee to the name of Jesus. So here's Jesus being... Now, can anybody imagine Satan himself, full force, came right at him? We see that again in the garden. So none of us ever get the kind of temptation that Jesus got in this. Wow. So don't try a 40-day fast with no food or water and think you're going to live through it unless God is the one calling you to it. But you're not going to have that kind of temptation more than likely. Don't get hyper-spiritual with this. All right. 
He goes next. The accuser then took Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem, perched him at the highest point of the temple, and said to him, If you're really God's son, jump and the angels will catch you. For it is written in the scripture, he will command his angels to protect you and they will lift you up so that you won't bruise your foot on a rock. Okay, what is the enemy doing again? He's trying to make you question if Holy Spirit really lives in you. If you're really born again, then you need to do this. If you're really born again. So settle if you're born again or not. Settle it. Either you really accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Either you really asked him to come into your heart and you thank God for everything he's done. You've really done it. You really mean it. And there's a change that's real. And you can know that you can know that you can know I'm saved. Okay? Now my identity is in Christ Jesus. And I don't have to listen to the devil. I don't have to prove anything to him. But the way to fight every time is how Jesus fought. He uses the word again, doesn't he? He uses the word again. Once again, Jesus says, the scripture says, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to a foolish test. And, and when we get in a bigger scope, and I'm going to teach you on this, for ministers to really get into the place or when you get anointed, there's going to come a test. Are you going to use that power and anointing to take care of your own flesh needs? The answer should be no. That was Get everything settled between you and God. That's what Jesus' 40-day fasting was. He had to get everything settled between him and his father to handle the most horrific temptation anybody could ever go through. Nothing close to what you're going to be tempted with. So number one, to not give in to temptation is to determine who you are with God. The number one thing about fasting and spending time with God However, that works for you. It's also your prayer time. It's your time hanging out with God. You're not reading the Bible just to get hid knowledge. You need to have your time with God to get to know who you are in Christ and how real it is. You need real time with the real God so that you'll be able to stand up against the devil lying to you and trying to tempt you. Does everybody get this? None of us have ever faced Satan hit on like Jesus Christ did. Okay, none of us. And so when Holy Spirit came to live in you, when you got born again, it's to make you authority over the enemy, okay? It's to make you strong against the enemy. That's what it's there for, to make you strong against the enemy, okay? And so you want to walk in that. You want to um, make it real. All right. And how many know, none of us have ever, thank God, had Satan come and actually take us from one place to another place and put us up real tall in the temple, standing up there and knowing we're not supposed to use our divine powers outside of the Father showing us what to do, right? Sometimes you've got to look at these instead of cute stories. Oh my gosh, talk about a temptation. I mean, talk about if he wasn't right with God, all of a sudden he's lost all his authority in the sense of controlling what's going on because God has, Holy Spirit's taken him to be tempted. Holy Spirit's taken him and Satan has a lot of power when God says, okay, you can handle this. You're going to be tempted. We've got to know we have that power. We've got to get to a place to say, I'm going to win this. I am going to win this. God, I'm going to win this. Holy Spirit, I'm not just running around let the devil be in charge. Holy Spirit, you're in charge. So I'm going to handle this, led by you. I'm going to do this your way, using your word, and also not setting myself up to fail because part of me wants to fail. Part of me is afraid that if I don't do this, I'll lose my friends or I'll never have this opportunity again or how, you know, part of you, you have to get to a place to ever get a victory, ever get a victory a real victory in a real serious trial where there's temptation, whether it's healing, whether it, whatever. You have to get to a place, like Jesus fasted those days, but you have to get to a place to spend time with God to determine what it is that you really believe and what God's really promised and what he's calling you to. It's not easy to win these battles, you guys. It's not easy. It's not up to God. If it were up to God, do you think the world would look like this? Do you think the church would look like this? 
right? He gave us a free will choice. And what does a free will choice mean? There's a devil tempting us and there's a God wanting to lead us. There's a devil tempting us and a God who wants to lead us. There's a devil tempting us and a God who wants to lead us. There's a devil tempting us and a God who wants to lead us. There's a devil tempting us and a God who wants to lead. And every single, every single moment, even when you're asleep, that struggle is going on. Every single moment. So if you're having trouble saying no to the temptation, you're not spending the time with God. You're not strong in who you are in Christ. You're not believing his word. You're not building up yourself in his word. And can I highly suggest you stay away from temptation completely until you're strong enough that it's not even a temptation. Satan's always going to come back and say, can I get in here? <laughs> can I get in here? Can I get in here? How can I get in here? He already knows what he's sown in you. He already knows what spirits already operate in you. He already knows all that because he put them there. And I guarantee you when they get cast out, they probably go somewhere and he finds out they're not there anymore. And he's going to come back with seven more to try to get back in. So if you really get free, when you really get free, I tell people, don't try to get free till you're serious about getting free. I'm not helping somebody if I cast a demon out of you. Because if, if in the power of God, you can get it out. But it can come right back in and bring seven friends. So when you stand up in a prayer line where somebody really has some power and authority, you better mean it. And if you think the devil's going to give up trying to get you when he thought he owned you and he's going to get to take you to hell and destroy everything about your life, do you know how much, how happy he is to watch you die in sin and knowing what's coming next? He loves itchy ear preaching. And I'm saying, this isn't about works. This is about, I'm sold out to God. Yes, there's true forgiveness when there's true repentance. Yes, all that's true. My, my thing about this temptation thing that God put on my heart, even starting last night to preach this morning, is for people to make a determination. You will never win against temptation until you have made a determination. Ooh, sounds like it's a t-shirt. You will never win against temptation until you have made a determination. Who are you going to serve? And, and if it's not, you're not ready to say God yet, then be honest. Don't play games. Just be honest. Say, you know what, God? I'm not ready to give up this relationship. I'm not ready to give up this sin. I'm not ready. Please keep me alive until I'm ready. Doesn't mean he's promised to do that. But at least be honest. That doesn't mean you can't come to church. Just know if you go to church where the person probably got a prophetic anointing, you may, they may know more than you want them to. But don't you want them to? So God will have you have me preach what he wants you, what he, you need to hear. I'm not condemning anybody. I mean, I'm somebody, I'm, I just want to rescue and rescue. That's why he, that's why he has me teaching this. I wasn't going to teach. I hadn't even thought about this scriptures till I went home and watched the movie. I didn't even watch it. I don't like that way they do it so I turned it right off I said why are we doing this Lord and then he turned me to this all right once again Jesus says the scripture said you must never put the Lord your God to a test how many know that a lot of the prophetic people who were saying that a certain president would be back in office by a certain time was putting God to a test how many know that didn't go well how many didn't go oh they said, thus saith me, <laughs> this person's going to be back in office by last December to remember. Last year, I remember that one and, and all these different things. And I'm not making fun of them. I'm not even saying, they're not even false. They just got their opinions in there. And when you learn to prophesy, you'll realize if you have an opinion, you'll probably prophesy that opinion and think it's God. That doesn't mean you're false. That doesn't mean you're evil. It means you do need to say, okay, I'm not saying the time and dates anymore. I missed it. If, if you want to humble yourself before the people who you just told that stuff to, and you ought to. So, so part of it is the determination. And then when you get to the determination and you mean it, then it's up to you to get stronger in God before you get in, in a position where that temptation is stronger than you are. Once again, Jesus says, okay. Don't put the Lord to a foolish test. The third time, 
the accuser lifted Jesus up into a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, all the splendor that goes with it. All of these kingdoms I will give to you, the accuser said, if you will kneel down before me and worship me. Now, at that point, Satan owned all those kingdoms. That's why Jesus died. He died to redeem all those kingdoms, right? So what Satan was saying is, hey, forget the cross thing. Forget suffering. Your father's plan, it's going to be hard on you. Your father's plan is going to, you know, God's way of doing things is just too complicated. God's way of doing things, he doesn't give any room for sin. He doesn't give any room. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to care how much you have to suffer, how hard this is for you. He doesn't really seem to take into account that you, you, you want to keep enabling your grown child who should not be enabled anymore. Why, why would God not think that's okay? You know, you got to get it, people. God is big enough to know if you do things his way, then he gets to be in charge in your situation, and he knows how to move mountains. But he's not going to share it with you and your opinions about his, ways of, his way of doing things. It just, he's not a God who's going to sit there and listen to your lack of faith in him. He just doesn't do it that way. He knows, he knows the relationships you should have. He knows who should be in your life. He knows what your future is supposed to look like. I got to say, people complicate this stuff so much. Because we want to fix everything according to what we think will work when actually God already knows. My, my prayer anymore is, Lord, you already know what this ministry is supposed to be like. You already know what the YouTube, you already know about the book. You already know this stuff. And, and our part is to just kind of walk, figure it out as we go along, led by his spirit. And then you get so excited when you watch what God does. And you're so thankful you didn't miss it because you were tempted. You know, they were in that wilderness a very long time because they kept missing it and missing it. My prayer for me in this wilderness of these end days is that I'm not ever missing it. My prayer is, God, I don't want to miss you. So I want to spend that time with you. I want to hang out with you. I want to hear you. It doesn't mean I won't miss him some, but if I'm purposely determined not to miss him and I'm yielded to his spirit and I'm hanging out with him, then I can start to sense when I'm getting off track a little bit and I can go and take that time of prayer and seeking him and put everything else on hold until I'm strong again in what he's calling me to. So, he, so Satan's offering him something if he'll worship him. Now, I think Satan does a lot today. You know, you don't really have to listen to her preaching. <laughs> I mean, okay, so it says it in the word kind of, but, you know, God couldn't be, you know, he's got mercy. He's got mercy. You really don't, you know, certainly God wouldn't, couldn't take care of your situation any different. I'm just telling you, Satan's going to try to twist who God is. That's what he's doing. And Jesus is saying, you don't have, to, I mean, the devil's saying, Jesus, come on. You're here to get all these kingdoms. I'll just give it to you. Just worship me. Let me be in charge of this. I'll give it all to you without going through those rules. You don't have to go through all your father's hard rules and all, you know, look how picky he is. Look at Adam. He didn't even last long at all. You certainly don't want to do it that way. And what happens? You start to compromise. Well, certainly God's okay. I'm engaged now. I'm hoping some other people were watching this. Engaged is not married. I know it's a hard world. We got kids to raise in this very difficult world, and we need to repent of everything we've done wrong and mean it and break generational curses and get it under the blood. And we've got to cry out for the most holy, powerfully empowered kids and teens the world has ever seen to handle the spirit of fornication is what the Bible calls it, that's out in the world today. And someone's like, Lord, this just sounds impossible. This sounds impossible. Well, talk to Nathaniel and Leah. They dated for a very long time and never crossed lines, which is amazing in this world. We need to have them come speak. God will give you the grace. He'll show you how to do it. He'll actually let your relationship be about 
your personhood and nothing else. All of a sudden, your relationship will be about how much you care about this person and how cool they are. And all of a sudden, you want them to have what God has for them. And all of a sudden, it becomes where God can bless it, even if, if it's going to be something he is bringing together. It's, a, it's about Satan and his lies and how he tries to make things seem okay. And it's not about, well, how do I say this? It's so worth it to find God to meet all your needs. And then everything he adds to that is a blessing, not a temptation. See, God wants us all to get, you, you know, we talked about it at the curse. The curse, the, the really, it was terrible that Eve listened to a snake but none of us know to this day what would have happened had Adam not chosen codependency with Eve over obedience to God. People are afraid to trust God with relationships. People are afraid, and that's relationships with friends, that's relationships with spouses, with children, with whoever, with employees. It's just this thing. We're afraid to trust God with with relationships because we know the ones we want to hang on to. Well, God may want you to hang on to them, but let him give it to you. Just like ministry, I don't want anything he doesn't want me to have. I'm not going to try to manipulate and control or anything else to make this ministry bigger. I know the vision. I know what he's shown me, and he's the only one who can do it. He's made it so impossible that he is definitely the only one who could do it. This is nothing like what I ever thought. But guess what? He's greater than I ever thought. He's more amazing than I ever thought. I can lay everything down. If there's anything you cannot lay down and put him ahead of, it's an idol. It's an idol. This probably would have been a good one to have all the teens in on, but oh well. I'll get them later. All right. So here we go. Jesus says, now this is when Jesus had had it. So when Satan starts offer, offering compromise to you, which means you're serving Satan, when he starts making it blatant that, hey, I'll give you, the, I'll give you a great marriage. I'll give you uh, this and that. I'll give you a fun high. I'll give you all the, I'll do it. Just all you got to do is forget this God stuff. I'll take care of your work. I'll take care of relationships. I'll just prom promise you everything. I'll just give you everything. Does anybody think for a minute Satan would have even probably really given it to it? The minute Jesus would have agreed with that, thank God he didn't. Thank God when he came, he didn't come under Satan's domain. That was the biggest temptation for Jesus, to only do what he saw his father doing. The only way to really win is to get into such a relationship with God, you only do what he shows you. And it starts by doing what his word says, then you develop that relationship, and then you lay down every single promise that is more important to you than your relationship with God. Because at that point, it becomes an idol. And I got more teach. I'm writing this in the book right now. He has to be everything. He has to be where you can even lay down your promise. You can lay down your ministry. You can lay down a relationship. You can lay anything down because he's more important. And then he'll give you every promise that he really made you. So you have to get to this place when Satan's trying to negotiate with you to serve him. And he'll take care of you. How many know most of Hollywood has probably done this? And musicians, most of the people who make it really big in politics. How many know, we, we're not talking about, that's how Satan develops the harlot. The harlot that you see in the book of Revelations at the end is all these people with a lot of promise and a lot of gift and a big calling who decide to forget the Christian way of doing it, forget listening to God about it, forget going through the hard stuff. And Satan says, you don't need all that. I can make you famous. You don't need all that. I can get you a good relationship. You don't need all that. That's what this is talking about. And Jesus said, at that point, Jesus is furious. That's what we need to be. We need to be furious that the enemy would want us to bow our knee to him. 
we should be so furious that he thinks we would buy a compromise. That means we're purposely sinning against God, but we told Satan, okay, just take care of this in my life. So get this one that Jesus did here. Once again, the word. okay, get this. Get this is good. So we have him using the word. We have him using the word. What's the third thing? Tell the devil to get away. This isn't working. You're not going to put up with it. You're not going to get close to it. You're not going to be tempted anymore. It's over. And you will cast down imaginations. You will fight the enemy. You will break off relationships that are unbiblical. You'll do whatever you have to do. And then it's like, Lord, if you want to bring this back, then it's going to come back your way. And Lord, if you're going to do this, Lord, if I don't have a single friend to, to hang out with at Christmas, then I will just have a great time hanging out with you, God. I love just hanging out with God, just so you know. I get, I mean, one of my favorite things now is I get to go to the beach house and nobody goes with me and there's no retreat and I'm just hanging out with God. Although I usually get there and then some people there who are Christians that got saved and we all meet some, but there's something, I still love the time when I'm all by myself because I'm never all by myself. But Jesus said, get away from me, Satan, for the scripture says, he says the scriptures again, kneel before the Lord your God and worship him only. So what is the major, major weapon against temptation? A dedication to the word of God. Meaning it, believing it, and using it, and never, ever putting that sword down. And staying out of situations where people don't honor that. If someone cannot honor your belief in God and your belief in the word and your desire to do this God's way, they are not good for you. Whether they're friends or family or anyone else, if they cannot honor your desire to serve God and him alone, they really are too much temptation to try to destroy you. And let's just be honest. Just be honest. And first you've got to go and say, Lord, I need to get everything out of my heart. This can be workaholic, okay? This can be all kinds of things. This isn't just about one or two people. There's not a person in this room that Satan's not going to try to tempt. Maybe it's a smaller temptation that you think wouldn't take you to hell, but if it takes you further away from the Lord, you still want to say no. The, the crazy thing for, for me personally, which is kind of funny, I used to... I, in the prophetic, you kind of have this see into the future kind of thing and you, you kind of just kind of have this gifting where you kind of know things you don't know until, you, until it matures and you kind of know what God's doing. And so I've always liked mysteries and I've always liked like those crime mysteries and, and, and court cases because my brain would try to figure out, oh, what's going to happen? What should they say? What should they do? Well, the Lord took all that from me. Because I know now, I'm, I'm not going to be entertained by murder. And it's still, so now they pop up on YouTube, this case or this kid's case. And, and I'll, I'll watch the sentencing sometime. I'll skip everything of details, to, especially with these kid cases. And I want to really pray for them. But I can see what the devil's doing. Come on back. You can, you can watch that mystery movie. You can watch that. You know, and I'm like, uh-uh. First of all, I could care less. I'm going to turn this off and hang out with God. But see, he's always going to come back with something he used to have, have you, you know, because if he had you watching true crime, judge, you know, it's all over the place now, then he can maybe set you up to try to have you murdered because you were entertained by watching somebody's trial where they murdered somebody. Sounds gross if you really put down what you're watching, right? And so that's the part, Lord, I only want to think on things that are lovely and good and of good report. And then you've got to decide. It could be soap operas, okay? If it's that kind of junk, then it's just, or Harry Potter, let's get everybody into witchcraft. You've got to begin to discern what is it. And you've got to make a determination. If you know that you don't want to die from eating terrible, then you've got to make a determination, stay away from the temptation, and decide to do things God's way. Does this make sense? It's not that difficult, but it's serious. Because we like to decide, what does Satan want to take us out with? 
Well, do you want him in charge of when you die or do you want God in charge of when you die? I, I want God in charge. I don't, I'm hoping not to get to the 120 number, but if he wants me here that long, I'm, I'm, try, I'm not trying not to die. I just want to do everything he has for me to do. I don't want to get up there and find out all the stuff I missed because I, I didn't yield to him and hear this awesome life he has for me. He has an awesome life for us. That's why you have to get vision. See what he has. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.